Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of The Raw Show with Michael McDonald and our very special guest. We have Ajit Nawalka joining me today. Ajit, thanks for joining me on the show. I am excited to join you, Michael. How's everything going? It's going really well. So for the people that have no idea who you are, would you be able to introduce yourself and tell us all how you spend your time? Absolutely. So um, my name is Ajit, like you said, at the Tablaka. I, I, I come from a little town in India called Jaipur. Uh, I, was, I was born there. I grew up there, spent the greater part of my life there until I decided that I need to travel and learn around the world, uh, which led me to a little company at that time called Mind Valley, uh, where I started as an intern uh, just about 10 years ago and uh, went through my journey in that company and, and kind of started uh, several companies in partnership with the company and, and outside the company as well. Now, I'm co-founder of, uh, and most of my time is focused on a brand called Evercoach, uh, which is also known as Mind Valley Teach. It's the vertical of Mind Valley that focuses on educators, coaches, trainers, uh, and entrepreneurs to focus on bringing about ideas that have positive messages in the area of education. So, so that's kind of where most of my time goes. Apart from that, I'm a husband, I am, I'm excited, I'm a friend, I'm a traveler, and I spend a lot of time reading and learning. All right, cool. So for, for people to, to get a bit of background on yourself, would you be able to, to share with me and our listeners where you were born and what it was like for you growing up? Absolutely. I was born in India. I was born in a city called Jaipur. Uh, it's, it's a small town, so when you think colors, dance, music, all that kind of stuff, and you imagine palaces around it uh, and so forth, that's Jaipur for you. Jaipur is very much a very cultural, uh, uh, palace-filled palace city where a lot of tourists come. Uh, and I grew up in that city with all the culture and color around me, but at the same point of time, while I was growing up, we were challenged a little bit. We were, I, I come from really humble beginnings uh, where we had, uh, my parents, wonderful parents, but at the same point of time, were, let's just say, not affluent uh, and, and not, uh, not we, we didn't have a lot of abundance of space and wealth and money and so forth. I, I grew up in a house where there were 22 other people, which were my cousins and my extended family, my grandparents and my grandparents' brothers and their families and so forth. It was a big family that I grew up in. And that, that, that's what my childhood kind of looked like. It, 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 was, it was very much based on, uh, it, it, it had a lot of, uh, lot, of, lot of challenges in the context of space and abundance, which kind of was the, was the way uh, I was conditioned early on in life, where, where my priorities were very much about saying, how do I take myself and my family out of this state of, of challenge to a state where, where we can be comfortable and can be, uh, can be abundant. Right, so what, what caused that kind of mindset in yourself then? So living with, living with 22 people <clears throat> in, in one house, it must have had a lot of challenges and a lot of things that you had to do just to, to get by, I guess. But what, what caused you to, to want to change that? What caused you to want to to improve it or to enhance it because I imagine from, from a young age you might not know any different at that point or maybe that's wrong but what caused the, the shift in yourself? So the shift that, that happened for me was, was when I was in my teens. In my teens there was so you know in, in India there's always some guest that is over at the house. There's always 
uh, we, we say guests are like gods in India. And so we respect them a lot. We are always inviting people and there's always somebody over. Uh, so one of the days, uh, so, so when, because we were living in a house of 20, 22 other people, we were 23 in total, uh, basically nobody really had, like kids didn't have their own rooms, neither did, uh, you know, so, so our, our kids' room or me and my brother's room was our playroom, our study room. And if guests came over, that was our guest room. And there was one specific event that I can recall, whereas one of my uncles was over and, and as they were, they were staying the night, uh, our, our bedroom, which me and my brother used to share, which is also our study room in the day, became the guest room. And so my uncle was also sleeping at the, at, at the house. And, and in, in one mattress, when you divide, uh, when it's designed for two people and you try to have three people sleeping, it can get really, really tight. So like brothers yeah. are, me and my brother were fighting uh, for space because you we were like, oh, we can't really fight with our uncle, but we could fight between ourselves because I wanted a little bit more space. And he was like an elder brother wanting more space. And we were kind of arguing, playing, playing, but like more fighting than playing, really. Uh, so my mom walks in and, and, uh, and kind of tells me to, I said, go to sleep, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Because she was just being concerned that there is a guest over and it's not looking nice and so forth. And, and I started arguing. I was like, mom, but I have no space. I can't just go to sleep. They're like, look, he's just squeezing me in. So, and, and don't judge, it's just Indian culture. She, mm-hmm. she walks across the room and gives me one tight slap uh, across the face and says, just go to sleep, mm-hmm. uh, right? And, and it was tough love, but at that time, it was heartbreaking for me. So I kind of squeezed the pillow right next to me, put my head down on the pillow, started bawling. And I don't know what time I went to sleep, but when I woke up, my pillow was still wet. Mm. And I have that vivid memory of, of recalling exactly how that, how that made me feel when I woke up. Because that was the day when I said to myself, or that, that was the day when at least I remember that I said to myself for the first time that this can't be my life. It needs to change. And that also told me that, that I'll have to make these decisions for myself. Nobody else can because nobody else knows better. Nobody else knows my story better. Nobody else really knows what's going and happening on for me inside. You can, you can estimate and hope for knowing what, what's really happening inside, but you don't really know. And that kind of, I think, changed, not I think, I mean, I know, changed my, changed my life from there on. Yeah, I can, I can definitely see that. Is there, any, is there anything that happened for yourself, like the, the first couple of steps to, to make that happen? Because there are a few people out there that are listening that probably haven't gone through the similar experience to yourself, but they have had this defining moment that's given them that, that energy, that realisation, if you will, of I've got to change. Like this, this can't stay as it is and I've got to do something about it. And there could be people that still haven't acted on that, but from, you know, from the experience that you've had, and then you all of a sudden you're you're ever coach and you're at Mind Valley, and I think there's there's a fest within Mind Valley as well, which is which is amazing. You've gone from the position that you were in when you were a teenager to, to having actually doing quite quite well for yourself. So what? What was the, the starting point like for you to, to actually get moving with that? Because there are some people that do it and there are some people that aren't. So what was the defining factor for you? Thank you very much for the acknowledgement, Michael. Um, the defining factor, I think, and it, it probably holds true for most of us, if not all of us, 
is is the ability to to stick with the decision that you've made, or the ability to first make the decision, of course, and secondly to stick with it. I think for me, and again, there's there's I there, I I there were 23 people in the house, so there there's few, there's a few members of my family that still stay in the same house, and they're still going through life as as they are going through life. It's not that my experience is is any different to theirs. My decisions were different to theirs. My drive was different to theirs. So. So first is making the decision and, and knowing that that decision is true in your heart and knowing that if you get down to it, you will make anything come true. And that is true for everyone. I'm no special human being than anybody else. If, if anybody decides a, a particular outcome for their lives and really decide, not, not decide to say, oh, I made the decision, but really decide in their hearts, they can, they can make that change in their lives. So that, was, that was my first, uh, I would say, first step to, to creating that change was I made the decision to say, no, this is not acceptable. This cannot be my life. And honestly, that decision got me to make certain other decisions as life went by. My decision to say, hey, I'm not going to be another engineer because that's not going to give me happiness and I'm not willing to sacrifice my freedom for life just for a few dollars because I wanted freedom. And I knew that in my heart uh, because that was my first crack. It's like all Indians to become a doctor and an engineer, right? Uh, yeah. so, so that was my track, but I said, no, that's not what I want. And so that was a big decision in the Indian family where you're dependent on your parents uh, in India who are relying very much on you to create success in life. Um, you say, no, I'm not going to take the beaten path. It was a hard decision, but it was a decision based on what my final outcome I wanted it, wanted it to be, to leave India, to come to a different country in a startup. At that time, MindVolley was a small little company, kind of... Uh, you know, like it wasn't the name that you see today. It was, it was a small company in Malaysia running out of a house, actually. Uh, to make that decision was a tough decision. Now, uh, retroactively or looking behind, everybody can say, well, it seemed obvious you should have made that decision. But it wasn't so obvious when I actually made that decision. Um, and, 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 and decisions like that followed. And I think the first thing, if, if there is somebody listening to this call right now and is, is not able to make that switch or feels like, oh, I want to make the switch. What do I do next is really decide, like really make that commitment, really be in your heart and say, do you really want that change? Because when you really want that change, you will start to shift things around the way you've never done before. Um, and that was my truth too. I started to shift things around. I took a lot more chances because very honestly, I had nothing to lose. I mean, what's the worst that could happen is probably the question I ask most often. And never, the worst was never worse than what I, I had already lived growing up. So for me, the decisions, decision was very, very straightforward. And that decision kind of held, it, uh, held, held me together for, for all this while. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like there's, there's a whole host of different questions and things that you, you could have asked yourself along the lines to make sure that those decisions were, I guess, I mean, a lot, a lot of people do look back in hindsight and go, as you say, you know, oh, well, you, obviously, you, you should have made that decision because to kind of see where you're at now and go, well, certainly the, the, the decision is, is easy. Well, it probably is easy now. Like if, if you if you go from making the decision to where you are now and there's, there's no like time passing by for that, then it is obvious, isn't it? But if 
now as you say it wasn't it wasn't always like that you've got to, to start somewhere and you've got to to start at the bottom as everybody does i guess so what what was running through your mind when you decided to do something that your parents didn't want you to do now i'm asking this from the perspective of i was quite similar in that i i wanted to do i wanted to do my own thing um my, my, my family had they had ideas if you will of what of, of what they wanted me to do now it wasn't exactly doctor or engineer because i wasn't overly smart in those particular subjects but i think i think they started to realize that as i got older like from like 14 to like 16 or 17 where it was like okay he's not going to be x y and z anymore so we need to try and see what he is actually good at and do it that way so it started to to ease off a little bit as i got a bit older but i still had these moments of i want to do something and it's almost like nobody else wanted me to do it. Like it was just, it was just mine. It was just my idea, just what I wanted to do. And there was nobody else in the room that wanted the same. So what, what, was, what was going through your mind when you were making that shift away from doing what your family wanted you to do or what the important people in your life wanted you to do? Well, one thing that and I, I can't really trace back where I got that belief of saying that I know better, uh, but I did have this insane belief and I still have that, that I know what's best for me. Nobody else can really tell me what's best for me. It's I know better, not in context of I know better about life. That's not my approach. I'm a very learning centered person, but I do have always had a belief of saying, I know better about my life than anybody else does. I know better about myself than anybody else does. And so, my approach when, when I would be challenged in context of, hey, this is not the right thing, this is the wrong thing, or you should be doing this, you should be doing that, which used to happen all the time. I still does sometimes, uh, but not as much anymore because I think people have seen, like people around me have seen my, just seen how my decisions have helped me uh, reach certain levels. And I'm not talking only about in context of abundance, but in context of life, in context of impact, in context of, how I live my life, how my relationships are, how my friends are, you know, all that type of stuff. It's, it's, it's very, very much a complete life type of thing. And so now I don't get those types of questions, but, but I've, early on in the stage, it was mostly me, my argument towards anything was, but this is what I would love to love to do. This is what I would like to do. And it had, it had not really a context of, will it make more money? Uh, will it will it be will I be more successful? Will people see me more? None of my decisions were really based on that. My decisions were mostly based on what would I love to do, what would I like to do, and because those questions, I think, and that being my primary question, when we went into an argument, my que- my answer to pretty much any of their requests was, but I will be happier not doing what you're just asking me to do. I'll be happier doing what I am suggesting that I would like to do because that's what I would like to do and I want to be happier. And that's all my argument really was pretty much all the time. Now, I I must acknowledge that my parents are very considerate, Uh, especially my father. He's been an inspiration. He's been a really supportive father. He told me his limitations early on in my career and said, hey son, I might not be able to fund any of your businesses and so forth, so you'll have to figure it out all by yourself. What I can do is I'm here for you. 
right? So it was kind of very straight up where he knew that he doesn't have the, the means to support my journey, but he mm. is there emotionally and spiritually for me. My yeah. mom was different though. My mom definitely thought I was on the wrong path and I'm not going to be uh, okay or successful or happy or whatever that is. Uh, she always thought that I, I was going in the wrong direction until of course about three, four years ago uh, when, when we were able to, she could see where, how far I've come. And finally she was able to realize that as random as my action seemed to be because they were in alignment with me, I turned out to be a happier and, and in the world's view, a successful kid. That, that seems a little <clears throat> strange, at least to me, as someone that's been following Mind Valley and Evercoach for a while, is that it was only three or four years ago when your, your mom or your mother decided that, you know, it was, it was a good choice that you made. I mean, from, from the perspective of someone that's, that's kind of followed your, your work somewhat for, for a while, it's, it comes as a surprise, at least to me, from the outside looking in, that it was reasonably recently that that your your family started to to really grasp what was going on. I mean, was it what was it to do with like them them still wanting the the best for you? I mean, I, I know all parents do, or was there an element of it was from it was something that that you did, which meant that maybe they they weren't aware of what was going on. What was it? What was the journey like between? Her, the parents kind of not accepting what was going on and then all of a sudden going yeah was it a case of you sort of showing them what was happening or was it just purely the the mindset shift for your parents well i think it's um if if i i it, it would be hard for me to place an event but but for mm. for the longest time for the first seven i mean till the time i was almost 30s, this is about four years ago, it was, it was always that I was doing so many items that they didn't understand, even if I would try to explain it to them, that yeah. they didn't see that I was actually doing something that was useful. Because, right. you know, internet's like a weird place for them. They don't really get what's happening. Uh, they don't really know what I am doing in that ecosystem because I'm not really a technical person. I don't really have a degree. So they were always confused. Why would anybody hire me? You know, all that type of stuff. So they had, they had their own building and understanding type of thing. So they were like, let's, let's try to understand what he does. But eventually, I think what started to happen is I started doing my own videos too, because I was, I was speaking at Zenfone, I was speaking at different events. Started, because before, I was the background guy, right? I was, mm, I was the yeah. guy on the show but I was never really in the front. Like you couldn't see who Ajit was or what he did. You would only know of me if you knew of me and if you knew about what, what I did uh, in different roles in different companies of mine. It's very recent that I started showing up as, as the face of, of one of our brands, actually a few of our brands. And that's kind of where, where I think the shifts probably started to happen because they started to see actually me speaking and me something that they can see, feel, understand because before that it was just this black box that 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 seems to be a temporary career from their perspective does that make sense yeah it does yeah i mean <clears throat> excuse me at least from, from my perspective obviously when when you do start getting busier it can seem like you're going to spread quite thinly even though as as we know as people that are, are doing the 
after work and, and out there doing these kinds of things, we, we put things in place to allow us to, to do a lot of things at the same time. You know, like we schedule things in, we, we work hard, we do block out time and things. So from, from our perspective, it just feels like we're just doing our thing, right? But from mm-hmm. people that are observing it and we're, we're bouncing around and we're doing this, that and the other thing, it can at least look like we're doing so much. And then as someone that, that might be in that position anyway, they might not feel like it's it's making a big difference i guess in the first instance particularly if if you're starting up it can feel like you're spinning your wheels to a certain extent and not really moving forwards very much but then when when they do start realizing i'm gonna is actually doing things he is actually making ways with the work that he does i guess it is it's more about the it's it's almost like a, a consistency thing and then you do actually start being a bit more serious with it at least in my experience the more serious i got the, the more serious people around me was starting to see that I was about the businesses that I was running. And it was like, okay, well, clearly it's important to him. So, you know, I've got to, to maybe pay a bit more attention, so to speak. That, that, that's what it was from, from my own experience anyway. So we are we're nearing the end of your time. I do want to respect your time, of, of course. So... Last couple of the questions, really. What you've got, Mind Valley, and you've got Evercoach and A Fest, and probably a whole host of other things that that I don't know of. Where do you see education heading, and what are your thoughts on what you've done so far, and where you see it going in the future? Well, I think education is becoming more and more mainstream. Some of some of the ideas that we've been able to promote ourselves and a lot of other educators have really brought out uh, we have kind of tried to communicate that education is not uh, learning at school it's education is for life education is something that as you as you go further in life you probably need more and more of because it allows you to really elevate to new le- new standards if I may for for yourself to understand yourself better and get past different emotions and conversations and, and challenges that life may present in much better ways and much more comfortable ways. And you can definitely really truly live up to your potential and, and be extraordinary uh, if you choose to be. So as, as, as the future of humanity, we feel education is going to be a big piece in that, especially with the coming technological advances that, that, that we have made as humanity where we have found ways to automate certain tasks and, and really be able to expand on, on the abilities that we have had as, as human beings for the longest time. Uh, learning and education, the ability to, to, to get more data but make more sense out of that data, I think is going to only increase and expand. And, and that's what we're most excited about uh, in, in the coming times as people get more and more aware, more and more interested, more and more excited. And, and more and more involved in creating true change in lives and communities uh, and different realities. And, and we are very excited about that. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like the, the concepts that you're creating are only getting bigger, really. So we're, before we ask the, the last question, where would people be able to go if they wanted to find out a bit more about yourself and what you've got going on? This is your chance to share links, and websites and things that you think, think could benefit the listeners. Well, depending on what you are and what are you focused on as a listener, one of the best places to go is mindvalley.com, which is M-I-N-D-V-A-L-L-E-Y.com. 
if you're focused on learning and becoming a better individual and extraordinary individual in life generally, it's a great place to get started. If you are in the business of education and training and, and coaching, uh, a great place to get started is evercoach.com, E-V-E-R-C-O-A-C-H, evercoach.com. Uh, and you can find details about our events. You can find details about the books that we put out at programs uh, and different forums that we have created for, for us to be able to spread great ideas from great uh, philosophers and authors. So, so you're welcome to come join us. All right, awesome. Well, last question for you, Ajit. And I ask everybody, and this is, this is the part where we can, we can blow the thing wide open now. So it doesn't really matter what the answer is. We can go personal, we can go funny, you name it. And, mm. the, the, and the last question is, what would you like the world to know about you that it doesn't already know? Oh, that's a tricky question. What would I like the world to know about me that it already doesn't know? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll actually say something, and this, is, this has come up recently, and it, it comes up very often with me, uh, where people think that I've, I've got it all together, and, and I haven't got it all together all the time. And I want to say that not only in context of me, but in context of human beings generally, because what happens a lot of times uh, when we are on the journey of becoming someone or fighting through or trying to get to the next level of our own lives, we tend to look up to different people and we feel like they have it together. We feel like they figured it out, that we feel like that they don't have any problems or they have it because they are them. And that is true. They have it because they are them. But at the same time, it's not that they have it together. None of us have it together. We're all finding the same challenges and, and working on the same problems. We have the same insecurities and same uh, same concerns as, as everybody else does. It just shows up differently in our lives and we've found different ways to deal with it. But as the, 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 whole, the whole dialogue that a lot of us get into that, that puts us into a state of comparison and puts us into a state of saying, well, they can figure it out, I can't. I want to kind of address that and, and I hope uh, everybody that is listening understands that as well about me and about everybody else that you might think have got some extraordinary success in their life is that we all have our insecurities and none of us have figured it all out. We have, we're figuring it out like you, you are. And um, yeah, I, I don't think I ever shared that before, but it's, it's interesting because I was just writing an email to, to, my, to my group and, and I kind of wrote the same thing. So it's something that I was about to say. All right, Ajit. Well, um, I just want to say that I'm grateful for the, the work that you're doing. Uh, I appreciate the, the dent that you're making. And I'm very grateful you were able to take the time to be on the show. I'm sure we'll, we'll keep in touch. Absolutely, Michael. Thank you very much for, for doing this podcast. You're doing awesome.